You know, the theme of uh, tonight is exalted, just as it was last night. We take it from Isaiah 6, where Isaiah saw the Lord lofty and exalted. I mean, imagine if you walked in the room and you actually saw the throne of God in this room. He says, I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a throne and he was high and exalted and the train of his robe filled the entire temple. Imagine if you walked in here tonight alone and you just saw him on the throne right here and his, his robe just filled the entire auditorium. And, the, and Isaiah said he saw these angels and they had six wings and they would take two of their wings to cover their faces and two to cover their feet. And with two, they're flying, and one is screaming to the other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Isaiah said, Everything started shaking, and the temple was filling with smoke. If you walked in here and you saw that being on his throne and the robe and you saw the angels and you heard them screaming and the ground is shaking and everything is filling with smoke and you were to approach that throne, what would you say to him? What would be the first words out of your mouth? Guys, I remember the first time I read that passage was when I was in college. And I was shocked. Because I thought, that's who I'm praying to? No one ever described him to me before. They just told me to pray to him. But I didn't know what he was like. And that day started a pattern in my life where before I would pray, I would just take a minute and imagine that scene and picture myself before the throne, and then I would start praying. And that changes everything. When you think about who you're about to address before you speak to him, it changes what you pray about. In fact, I, I want to start off tonight doing that. If you would just bow your heads right now. And just for a moment, pretend that no one else is in the room. And put yourself in Isaiah's shoes. Imagine you see what Isaiah saw. 
He said, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called out. And the house was filled with smoke. See the Lord sitting on his throne, lofty and exalted. And now speak to him. forgive us for being so casual about you. Help us tonight to give you worship that is acceptable with reverence and awe. God, to be able to speak to you right now and to come into your presence. It's amazing. Who are we, God, to come into your presence? And yet you ask us to draw near to your throne of grace. So God, we come before you. And humbly ask that tonight you would visit us with real power. experience you tonight, God.
Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says that God is the only sovereign one. That means he's the only one that has any control. It says he alone is immortal. That means there's this one being in heaven right now. And he's in control of everything. He alone is immortal. That means he's the only one that has life in himself. Isn't that crazy? Like I'm completely dependent on him right now. Like he decides whether I live through the rest of this message. He decides right now to give me another breath. Every breath is completely in his hands. At any moment, this being could say, that's it. That's the end of his time on earth. When's the last time you thought about that seriously? Yet sometimes we can get so distracted that we can actually think we're too busy to meet with him. Too busy. When every breath comes from him. Is that the craziest thought? That we could actually think we're too busy today to meet with the one who gives us every single breath. And he could do anything tonight, anything he wants with any one of us. That's what this book is all about, him taking these ordinary people and just doing things in their lives where we go, wow. I can't believe he took Moses and took him up on a mountaintop and showed him his glory where he came down and times when, when he would meet with God and his face would be glowing. Do you believe he could do that today? I mean, there's a, there's a passage in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that I've been trying to just have absolute faith in. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7, he says, If the ministry of death, carved in letters on stone, came with such glory 
that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of his glory, which was being brought to an end. Will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? Okay, this is God's word. Okay, so the Bible says, God says, you know, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. But he says, this is the one to whom I will look. The one who is humble and contrite and, and trembles at my word. God in heaven sitting on his throne says the earth is like my footstool. But he goes, here's the one that I'm going to look to in that room. The one who's humble and contrite in spirit and actually trembles at my word. The person who says, look, if you said it, I believe it. And I'm going to tremble at that. And what God says here in 2 Corinthians 3, he says, you know that glory that Moses had where, where his face was actually shining? He goes, that was the old covenant. And he says, if, if that ministry, if the ministry of death came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? That God on his throne says, I'm telling you, stop looking at Moses and going, oh, I wish I could have been in his shoes. I wish I could have seen the burning. The ministry of the Spirit will have even more glory. And God is looking for individuals who actually tremble at his word and say, I've never seen that in anyone but the word of God says that. So God, I believe that's possible and I want it. I believe God's choosing some people in this generation, in this room, who will actually have that type of faith to stop looking at the people in the Old Testament like they were some sort of superheroes that we'll never attain to, but to actually tremble at the word of God and says the ministry of the Spirit will have even more glory. He says, for if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Okay, so that, that God who's on that throne right now, you've got to remember, this is the God that spoke and said, let there be light, and then it just appeared. This is the God who spoke the earth into existence. And now that same mouth says, there's a power and there's a glory in the spirit that far exceeds anything that Moses experienced. That's what that God says. Do you believe that? Do you tremble at that? And do you say, God, if that's available, I want that.
the Bible says through the Spirit now, we can be filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God? Romans 8 says that the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. The spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead. Imagine if I had on the stage a dead body. Okay? Not just any dead body, imagine the body of Christ. Imagine seeing a body laying here. Okay, imagine a, a body that's been torn apart, his flesh is torn apart. He's unrecognizable even as a man anymore, the Bible says. It's just bleeding out all over the stage, lifeless. Just this mutilated piece of flesh. And imagine if we saw that body slowly start to rise and heal himself and start walking around this room. Can you imagine how terrified you would be? And then the Bible says the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. Th that kind of power? That's why Paul prays for the Ephesians. He goes, I, I, I want God to open your eyes. Not just your, your physical eyes, but to enlighten the eyes of your heart. Because I want you to know the power that is towards you. See, when you look up here, you just see a human being. Flesh and blood just speaking some words to you. And the Bible says that's not just flesh and blood up there. The spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in him. And there's power in me. God could do anything through me tonight. Absolutely anything. Do you believe that? This is the glory that's available to us. I remember when I first started hearing about Jesus and understanding him 
I was in high school. So my, my, uh, my childhood was kind of strange. When I was born, my mother died. She died giving birth to me. And, uh, and so after I was born, my father didn't want me um, because I basically killed his wife by being born. And so he didn't want me. And so he gave me up for adoption. And a woman was coming to take me away when uh, my aunt and grandmother stopped the whole transaction from happening and said, no, we'll take him. We'll take him, don't give him away. And so my grandma took me to Hong Kong where I grew up for the first five years of my life. And then she was getting too old to take care of me, so she had to force my dad to take me. It's not a great way to grow up, you know, being forced into a family that doesn't want you. And so five years old, my dad was remarried by then. He had another, you know, uh, daughter. And um, so now I had a stepmom. But then when I was about seven, my stepmother died in a car accident. And uh, it was really confusing as a seven-year-old kid watching your stepmother being put into the ground. I'd have nightmares about it. And meanwhile, my dad, he and I, we never had any relationship. He, he just, he didn't want me. The only time he ever talked to me was when he was beating me. Never had a conversation. And then when I was 12, he died of cancer. And there was part of me that was relieved. And so when I was in high school, some friends took me to a youth group. And I remember the youth pastor started talking about what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. And I started seeking him and I started praying to him. And God began answering me in the craziest ways. And I started telling all of my friends about him. And I, I remember sitting at a, a gathering like this and, and, you know, by then being 17, 18 years old. And I just thought, you know what, this is what I want to do with my life. It, it wasn't anyone talking me into anything. It wasn't a bunch of hype. It was just, it was just me and God. And I just knew this is what I'm going to do with my life. And so I began to pursue him. And he just kept answering me. And I want to just beg you, you guys, I don't know what your life is like. I don't know what your upbringing is like. I just want to beg you, get quiet before God. Make sure that your relationship with him is really about you and him. You know, where there's times where you just get alone and you're in a room and it's just you and him and you are speaking to him. 
that it's not about your parents, it's not about your youth group, it's not about anything else other than you coming before the throne of God and understanding like, wow, Almighty God, you left all the glories of heaven. You came down on the earth, took the form of a man. You were nailed to a cross. You were buried and then you rose again. And you say that now I can abide in you. I can be one with you. I can talk to you. I can fellowship with you. And you speak to him. I remember... um, There came a point in my life where I'm like, God, I just want to be alone with you and no one else. And so at that point in my life, I had never been alone with God for more than a few hours. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go out in the woods. And I just want to get some water and the Bible. And I just want to see how many days can I go without seeing another human being and it just be me and God. Has that thought ever entered your mind? To go, I wonder what it would be like to spend 24 hours not talking to another human being, just talking to my creator. I ended up going out in the woods and I ended up lasting four days Without seeing, I saw one human being, some hiker came by and I just ran the other way because I just did not want to talk to people. I just wanted to talk to God. And so for four days, I was on this mountain just talking to him. And I just kept thinking, wow, God, I think you want every human being to do this to just walk away from whatever they think is so important in their busy life and come before the one who's giving them that life to begin with and just say, I want to be with you. And I did one of those things where I just sat by a stream one morning and I just opened the Bible And I said, wherever it falls, I'm just going to read it. And it fell to Jeremiah chapter 1. And I read this verse, you guys, and I meditated on it for four days. In Jeremiah 1, verse 4, it says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. It's like, what? That doesn't make sense. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So I just kept looking at that going, before, so I'm not even made yet, and you knew me. How does that make sense? And 
And before you were born, I consecrated you, and I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. So I, I, just, I just sat there by this, by, this, by this stream, just going, okay, God, you, you're saying to Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you. And before you actually came out of your mother's womb, I already decided that you were going to be a prophet to the nations. How can you know someone before you make them? Okay, think about this. And I start realizing it's, it's like everything that that's created like this, this, this mic stand. Someone had in their mind, in their mind, they already knew what they were making. They're going, okay, I'm going to make this stand that swivels up and down and goes backwards and forwards and has a clip right here. It was in his head because he goes, you know what? The world is going to need something like this. Okay, he had thought ahead of time and said, you know what, the world needs something like this, and so I'm going to make it. I have it in my head. I know what I'm going to make. And so, so what God is saying to Jeremiah, he's saying, look, before I, before I formed you, I thought through what this world needed, and I specifically thought through, I knew you before I made you. And so before you even came out of your mother's womb, I already decided you were going to be a voice to all of the nations. He goes, I knew that I would need a prophet on the earth at this time to speak to these people. So this is way back before I even formed you, I knew what I was making. And I already decided, you're going to be a prophet to the nations. And I have a message for you to declare to these people. And I just stared at that verse. I'm going, God, was this a unique thing with Jeremiah? And then he reminded me of Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God determined beforehand that we should walk in them. And who's he talking about there? In Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, it's those of us who've been saved by grace through faith. He says that we were actually his workmanship. He actually thought about how he was going to make each one of us created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God determined beforehand. That God that we bowed before, that God on his throne with the angels screaming out his glory, he's saying, I thought through. You were my workmanship. I crafted you perfectly. And I have works for you to do that you were to do, and I decided that beforehand. And I just remember 
meditating on that going, so I'm your craftsmanship. Maybe this meant more to me because my mother died giving birth to me. And I'm thinking, God, so you knew that was going to happen. So almighty God on your throne, you knew my mother would die, but you wanted me on the earth. Like you, you thought through, I want this guy and I'm going to have him grow up in this way for whatever reason. I have my purposes. And there's something that he's supposed to, that, when you look at the word of God, you, you just go, wait a second, but no one wanted me on the earth. My own dad, my, my brother, my sister, no one wanted me alive. Everyone's just like, who wants up? Would someone just take this kid? And then I read the word of God. He says, no, I formed you in your mother's womb. And I knew you. And I knew what I was going to do with your life. You are not an accident. You are not an accident. That blows my mind. I'm not here by accident. It's not like I was born and then afterwards God says, okay, what am I going to do with this one? It's Chinese baby number two billion and four, you know. <laughs> Let me figure out something to do with him. <laughs> he says, no, Francis. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I already knew you. I knew one day you'd have seven kids, four grandkids, and you'd have this full life. I'm going to fly you out to South Africa. And you'll be standing there in some auditorium telling a bunch of people that they're not accidents and that I designed them each for this unique time in South Africa's history. And somehow this unwanted Chinese baby was going to be a part of some movement in South Africa, you know? <laughs> 55 years later, you just go, wow. This is our life. This is our God. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. We need to tremble at those words and say, God, okay, I'm going to tremble at your words. Before I was born, before you knit me together in my mother's womb, you knew me. And you designed good works for me to do before even one of them came to be. What's interesting is... After Jeremiah, because when I read that and I thought about it and I'm just going, wow, God, 
that means I can't fail at this. You made me for this. You don't mess up. You designed me. But Jeremiah's response in verse 6, then I said, I mean, what do you think Jeremiah would say after going, I formed your mother? God Almighty said, before you came out of your mother's womb, I already, I already appointed you. I already made the choice. You're going to be this prophet. You're going to have this powerful voice. Jeremiah goes, Lord, I don't know how to speak, for I am only a youth. That was Jeremiah's response? Almighty God just told you, 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 he created you for this specific cause and everything else, and your response to that is, eh, I can't do that. <laughs> and, and, and so it says in verse 7, the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a youth. For to all whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations, over kingdoms, to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow and to plant. Look. We can know these truths. And many of us respond the same way Jeremiah did, right? Let's be honest. How many times have you looked in the mirror and just thought, you're destined for mediocrity? That there's nothing special about you? And Satan starts whispering these words into your ear. Maybe even your parents have whispered these words into your ear. Maybe your classmates have said these things. Maybe people have posted things and said things online. And it just starts ringing around in your head. And then you start believing it and say, no, God. You can't do anything great through me. Look at my report card. Look at my grades. I'm not popular. I'm not intelligent. I'm not attractive. I'm not athletic. I'm not famous. All these things. Well, God, pick someone else. Pick someone that has all of that stuff. But I, I can't do it. That, that, this is what we all do. And God says to Jeremiah, don't say that. I mean, remember when God called Moses. What did Moses say? He says, I, I, I don't speak very well. But you've got to remember how God responded to him. He said, who made your mouth? Think about that. Moses goes, my mouth doesn't work well. And God says, who made your mouth? See, a lot of times as believers, we think we're being humble. 
right? Oh, yeah, I'm not real bright. I'm not a great communicator. I'm really stupid. And I, I'm just not gifted. <laughs> Call me idiot. I'm so humble. You guys, that's not being humble. You'd be humble if you made yourself and go, oh, I didn't make myself very well. But God says, who made your mouth? How dare you? How dare you? I knew you before I formed you. Are you going to tremble at my word or what? I, 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 you're my workmanship. You know, that, that word means like masterpiece. Like God says, I, I designed you this way. And there's things for you to do. The problem is, you know, we'll be like this. You see this wooden stand. You know, it's holding up the Bible. And this is what we do as, as Christians. We're like, I can't hold up a Bible like that. You're like... You're not supposed to hold up the Bible. You look at all the things you can do. We, we compare. I, mean, well, I can't hold a mic. You, you're not supposed to hold a mic. Like we were designed specifically. You guys, we all play this game because we're not trembling at God's word. You guys, I've done it. I've had the pity parties. Man, there have been times I've been in rooms with scholars and tried to, you know, like, argue. And it's like, forget it. Okay, I'm just not, I, but that's okay. It's, that's, it's no fun anyways. Like I, that's not what I was made for. That's fine. You want to hear me sing? <laughs> exactly. You can already tell just by listening to me talk. He can't sing. I don't care. God thinks I sing great, by the way. Okay? You guys, we need to start trembling at the word of God. You know, one of the things, um, where is it, verse, uh, verse 17, because He's telling Jeremiah, look, I made you for this. I'm with you, and don't be afraid of them. And in verse 17, I say to you, dress yourself for work. Arise to them and say to them everything I command you. And do not be terrified by them, lest I terrify you in front of them. Okay, so Jeremiah's going... But God, I, I'm scared. It's, you know, I don't know if I can talk to all those people. And God says, look, you just say everything I tell you to say. And don't you be terrified. Don't you be scared of them. Or I'll give you something to be scared about. And so you're saying, okay, Lord, here I go. I'm going to say whatever I need to say. Whatever you tell me to say, I'm going to say it. Because you're with me and you've put your words in my mouth and then the last verse of that chapter, he says, And I, behold, I make you this day 
a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. God tells this man, he goes, Jeremiah, look, I made you for this, and you're going to go and you're going to say everything that I tell you to say, and here who's going to come, here's who's going to come against you. He goes, the kings of Judah will be against you. The officials of Judah will be against you. The priests will be against you. And the people. Okay, if I left anyone out. Every single person is going to be against you, but they're not going to prevail against you because I'm with you. Man, imagine the Lord saying to you, it's going to be you and me, and I'm going to give you a message, and you're going to speak it because I made you for this. And it might just be you and me. And I'm telling you, there will be times when it feels like it's just you and him. And that's got to be enough for you. That's when you get back in the word and you go, wait a second. If you put me in this position and you designed me for this, I've got this. And there's a glory that's available to me that far exceeds that of Moses and Jeremiah. The Holy Spirit of God. That's why he told his disciple, that's why Jesus says, look, this is new, this is different. You wait for this gift. And then when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll have power. And you'll be my witnesses in all of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, we don't want to talk about just going out and doing the Great Commission until we understand who we are in the sight of God and the spirit that he's put in us that empowers us for this task to go and say everything that we need to say. I believe tonight the Lord wants to deliver some of you. From thoughts that the enemy has put in your mind that came straight from hell and you started believing it. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. He says what we do is we're going to do battle in this room right now. 
where there are thoughts that have been placed in your mind, not from God. That was not the word of God. But we tremble at the word of God. And we say, okay, my parents were wrong. My teachers were wrong. I was wrong. My friends are wrong. I tremble at the word of God. And he said, he made me for a purpose. And that he is with me. And he designed me for this. And I'm as brilliant as I need to be. As skilled as I need to be. But I have work on this earth to do. I was made for this purpose. You guys, don't underestimate what God wants to do in your life. Don't belittle him like that. He made you. I want to finish this talk the same way I started it. Let's bow our heads and come before the throne of God. Picture coming before the throne of God. Lofty and exalted and the angels screaming out his glory. Holy, holy, holy. Everything is shaking. And you approach the throne of almighty God who says, I, I knew you before I made you. I formed you in your mother's womb. I decided before you came out of your mother's womb, I chose you. And I have work for you to do on this earth. I made you. Come before that God. And just confess. Those times when you belittled his creation.